This episode of The Kate Show is brought to you by Side Door. As an interior designer, a home stager, a window treatment professional, or a home organizer, you guys deal with products every day, many of which your existing audience would love to own. If you're dreaming of selling product through your website or through your social media platforms, but you just don't want to be bogged down by ordering and shipping and loads of inventory, you need Side Door. When Side Door entered the home industry in early 2020, they changed everything. Side Door lets you source and curate the perfect trade-only pieces for your customers' homes. And with their seamless platform, you can create product collections with ease. Curate an entire room, specialize in a certain aesthetic, or simply create a collection of, I don't know, your favorite area rugs. Whatever you know your clients love would make for a great Side Door collection. You curate the look, Side Door handles ordering and shipping, and you make money. Plus, you can sell each collection many times over, creating the perfect opportunity for recurring income. Or if you really just want to keep things simple, you can use Side Door to buy products yourself at designer pricing without needing to have an account with various vendors or meet any of their required minimums. It's about power to the designer, people. If you're ready to truly scale your home industry business, go to OnSideDoor.com and apply to join. Now, let's get to today's episode. My name is Kate the Socialite, and you are listening to episode 206 of The Kate Show. Happy Independence Day to all of my U.S. listeners. It's a very special time for us as we celebrate our independence and feel super patriotic and fly the flag everywhere, which, by the way, we should be doing all the time, but I digress. Today, I'm talking about how to set up systems and processes in your business to make it scalable. Everyone is talking about having a scalable or leveraged business these days. You might hear of some people calling it a passive income business, but the truth is there is absolutely no such thing as passive income. Somewhere, someone along the way has to do the work, and you can do that by setting up systems and processes in your business to make it scalable so that you can serve more people at a higher level or maybe just serve people better and therefore be able to charge more and make more money, even if your goal long-term is not to work with a lot of people all at the same time. My CPA recently, well, okay, recently as in last February, paid me the highest compliment when she was working out the year-end taxes for my agency. After looking at the numbers, she was like, you know, you've really figured out how to scale. And is it weird if hearing that just brings up all sorts of emotions for me? I've been building this business for over eight years, and scaling has been the plan for the last six of them. A few years into scaling, I started to get weird, interesting comments from other people in business. In the early phase of scaling my business, I was told, oh, that idea won't work. That's silly. And then when I did actually start to scale, but I was still in like the mid phase, I was like being told things like, Oh, wow, this is a great business model. Let's join forces. And by the way, if you don't partner with me, I'm going to create a competing platform. To which I said, go ahead. (laughs) And that person never did. And I kind of figured that is how that was going to be. When I was in like the upward phase of scaling, so I had gotten past the hard middle phase and I was really gaining some traction, I was approached by someone and asked, what happens to you if if you die? Like what happens to your business? What happens to the revenue, all that revenue? I should become a partner in your business. And I was like, whoa, okay, 
Why are you so worried about me dying, or rather about my business in the event of my untimely passing? Um, and ironically, that was the beginning of the end to a partnership that never got off the ground. Awkward. <laughs> in the full-out scaling phase, I was approached by another agency owner, and he was just like, how are you able to do this? How are you able to offer services at such a streamlined rate? My team would need to charge at least $1,000 a month for blog content, email marketing, and sales funnels. Honestly, it's really suspicious. And to that, I guess I just had to laugh and scratch my head and feel a little weird because I'm not sure what's so suspicious about using repeatable processes and clear-cut systems. Any good business coach will tell you that each service you offer should have its own repeatable, well-documented process. Not only does this keep you on track with a good handle on your schedule, your capacity, and your income, but it also makes services easier to hand off to team members or freelancers. Add a few automated systems in the mix, and boom, you are well on your way to scaling. Today on The Kate Show, I'm sharing practical ways that you can set up systems and processes in your home industry business so that you can operate as a solopreneur or a small team without drastically limiting your revenue potential. Before we get into today's episode, though, I want to thank two of my media partners. Uh, the first one is HoneyBook. You're going to be hearing about them a lot in the episode today just because their tool makes so much sense for everything we're talking about. And if after hearing this episode, you're like, okay, I need HoneyBook, you can actually get 50% off your first year with them by going to HoneyBook.com and using the code SOCIALITE at checkout. And then I would also like to thank Squarespace. My agency has been using Squarespace exclusively for years. I am so happy to announce that they are one of our media partners here at Socialite. If you sign up for Squarespace through us, whether you get a custom template or a custom full-out website, you are going to receive 20% off the entire year with Squarespace. If you choose to also use Acuity Scheduling, which is a cool integration that lets you have your clients book calls or paid consults with you through your Squarespace website, you also get 20% off that annual subscription too. So it ends up being a really nice cost savings. Not only does Squarespace have built-in SEO features, it's also super easy to use even if you are not a tech-savvy person. We at Socialite use Squarespace exclusively because we only want to use what works, and we invite you to do the same. So if you want to save 20% off your new Squarespace website, I do have a special link that you can click. You don't have to buy a website through us. You could actually just click on our special link and get the discount that way. Go to katethesocialite.com, click on the podcast, and go to episode 206. That is where you are going to find that link. I know this is not like the most direct route to send you, but it is exclusive to us. And I want to make sure that it's easy for all my listeners to find inside the show notes, not just to everyone everywhere, because I care about you guys. All right. After all that said and done, do you want to give a little shout out to Bianca? She is one of our newer Vault members, and she sent the kindest email recently. She said, I wanted to tell you, I had a client from my contact list get the newsletter today. They reached out to me to start their project. They'd gotten busy and forgot to call me. I thought it was pretty cool that the newsletter kept me in front of her and reminded her to give me a call. Thank you. Well, Bianca, thank you, because this is exactly what I'm talking about here. A newsletter is a repeatable process that you or us or your assistant can do each month that has a direct impact on the revenue of your business. All right, guys, let's get into today's episode. 
how to set up systems and processes to scale your business with a tiny team. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. The first process that we need to talk about when it comes to scaling your business is the client onboarding process. Now, you might be thinking, well, my services are so custom, the onboarding process looks kind of different for everybody, and I would feel really boxed in if I had to use the same process all the time. But actually, that would be a huge game changer for your business. For example, my agency offers different types of services, custom, semi-custom, and a shop. And each has its own specialized workflow with a team member who is assigned to monitor it. If you are a solopreneur, you could easily monitor your own workflows for each service that you offer, especially if you stay within the recommended range of offering only about three services. Now, I have team members assigned to various workflows purely because of volume. Just because the number of leads or clients increase doesn't mean that our attention to detail should go down in the name of quote-unquote hurrying up. And by the way, when you reach that hurry up and get it done phase, that's a good sign that you need to hire an employee or a freelancer to help you. Because the worst thing you can do is build your business to a point where you have all these clients coming in, but you don't have the capacity to serve anyone well anymore. When managing a client onboarding workflow, you can keep it simple and manual to start with rather than automated, changing any steps that don't make sense and then recording the ones that do. Once you're solid on your process, using a tool like Asana or HoneyBook are excellent time savers. I don't recommend using tools like this right away if you have no basic process at least outlined and somewhat tested. Now, how do you test a client onboarding process? It's not as simple as pretending you're the client and signing up through your contact form. You actually have to go through a few really thought-provoking questions. And the first one is, does your contact form sort out bad leads from good leads? I'll be honest, I have canceled discovery calls with leads when I can see, based on their form answers, that we will not be a good fit with each other. for each other. I mean, it saves them and me a lot of time. Now, the tool that I use for this step after the contact form is Calendly because that's where people would then go to book a call with me. While a lead does complete the basic contact form or they might send us an email to initiate contact, they are always directed to book a discovery call if their needs align with our services. Now, if they're inquiring about something that has a wait list or a time-sensitive component, then we'll tell them that via email and let them decide if they still want to book a call. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. But a lot of it is about being a good communicator and also helping your potential client be a good communicator. So what this could look like for you in the home industry is if if you're not willing to touch a project below a certain dollar amount, then you need to make sure that your contact form spells that out. If they are able to select the budget for their project, make sure you don't offer an option below your minimum. That way, they're like, okay, well, I only had a $6,000 budget, but I see that the first option here is $15,000, so I guess I can't do this. And you might think, oh, no, but I would have worked with them. But would you really? Well, it kind of depends. Maybe you could offer them a consult-only package. 
But remember, you don't want to serve everyone that comes into your business. That's when you end up offering too many services to too many different types of people and you aren't able to niche down and scale up or focus on anything. And it, then it becomes really impossible to have workflows and systems and processes that are repeatable and then you're back to not being able to scale. So that's why this first step is actually really crucial. The second thought-provoking question you need to answer is, does your process capture all the project and new client information on a post-discovery intake form? This should eliminate the need for more info-gathering calls and emails. Your intake form should be sent after the discovery call is complete, and it should gather all the necessary information required to move to the next step in your process. The more back-and-forth emails or phone calls you allow into your business, the less scalable it is. Now, the tools I use for automating the intake process of my business would be Asana or HoneyBook, depending on which service we're talking about. If the service is custom and it requires a contract, I use HoneyBook because that lets me take care of the intake form, the contract, and the down payment in one fell swoop. If the service is semi-custom and does not require a contract or a down payment, I'll use Asana. The beauty of using an Asana form is that the new client information is automatically turned into a work order for my team. They then follow up with that task and the new client to make sure all questions are answered, info is gathered, and then start working on serving them quickly. The third thing to think about is, does your process address concerns and questions before they arise? I'm routinely updating my processes all the time to include new questions or concerns as this helps build trust and confidence in what we're offering and prevents buyer's remorse. It also decreases the number of emails we receive, which means that our clients are being served well and my team is not being overburdened. The tools that I use for this step kind of vary. If the service is custom, I'll actually create a what's next email within HoneyBook that automatically sends after they sign the contract and pay the deposit. That email breaks down what the client can expect and what will be required of them as their project begins. If you've ever done a custom website with us, you've gotten that email, and that email has been fleshed out over the years of all the different questions, all the different timing, what do I do now, what do I do here, what about this, um, just because I want my clients to feel very taken care of and thankfully the rest of my team feels the same way. So it really makes it better for the client to have all of their fears addressed, even things they haven't thought of yet, because again, it goes back to building trust. Now, if the service is semi-custom, so we create something and then we modify it to suit the particular business, then uh, this is, process looks a little different. I can add their question to a FAQs page on my website and make it super obvious, or I can include that information in an informational video or product listing, adding the same information in multiple places, by the way, in text form, in video form, is always a good idea because you would be surprised how many people will not read, but they will watch a video and vice versa. Additionally, I created an onboarding video for every membership level that we offer, which is something you can do for any of your offerings as well, whether you're offering a service or a product or something else. I create these videos using Loom or Vimeo, especially if I need to record my screen. Vimeo, not free, Loom is free. Uh, I've used both, I kind of prefer Vimeo, but you know, whatever you prefer. This episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by Socialite Vault. Did you guys know we give away free marketing templates in the vault? 
That's right, you don't have to be a member to test drive these templates. Just go to socialitevault.com and click on the freebies tab. These templates are specific to designers, stagers, workrooms, and organizers. They're beautiful and easy to edit in Canva. Go to socialitevault.com to grab your templates now. The fourth thing to think about is, can your process be monitored and understood by a third party? If you're the only one who knows where each client is at in their onboarding or project process, your process is not fully functional yet, at least not in a scalable way. A team member or a freelancer or you should be able to check the status of each client or project within a few clicks. Now, the tools I use for this, again, vary, but HoneyBook will actually change the client or project status based on where they are in the workflow, and Asana can also do this, or you can just manually move them to the next step or status as soon as you complete the previous step with them. Don't try to remember where every client or every project is at. You need to use tools like HoneyBook or Asana to keep things timely and straight in your brain. It might seem like overkill if you only have a few clients right now, but that can quickly change. Systems and processes are much easier to set up before you're overwhelmed with clients rather than after. So again, you don't want to wait until you're overwhelmed with clients to set up your processes, but also don't go invest in something like HoneyBook or Asana if you literally have no idea what your process is. First outline your process, then set it up using an online tool, and then you're ready for the clients to come pouring in. Now, the onboarding process is a huge step in setting up your business for scalable services, but once you have that client set up and ready to go, what do you do next? Well, now we're going to talk about how you add scalability to your services. Actual implementation of the service or project is where many workflows become painstakingly slow and they start deviating from what you actually wanted to offer in the first place. Things like scope creep, forgetting to bill for all the random minutes you spend on a project, wasting time corralling clients who don't meet their own deadlines or who disregard yours. Ugh, not a great workflow. The first thing you have to do is get spot on with your timing to be scalable. Part of becoming scalable means maintaining impeccable timing whenever possible. Offering the same service and project scope to two different clients should take relatively the same amount of time. If you're often held up by avoidable delays, usually the client, right? Either a lot more time in that particular stage of the project or alert the client right away that there is no room for delay. Make it part of your service agreement and outline what will happen if they can't make your deadline to review a design concept or a layout or whatever it is. This might look like a fee increase because you now have to hurry, or it might mean their project gets paused until a certain date so you can focus on your other clients. As for unavoidable delays like back orders or supply chain issues, <laughs> hooray, right? Make this part of your service agreement too. You can certainly promise to be as timely as possible while maintaining the reality and unpredictability of goods. The second thing you have to do to make your services scalable is get in the routine of reviewing each project weekly and updating the client. Now this might seem like a, well, what? Like, why wouldn't I do this anyway? Here's the thing. Two weeks can fly by in a blink. Don't let that lapse in time make you drop the ball on a project. Even if you and the client are just waiting for a back-ordered item to arrive, sending a weekly email to your client saying that is going to go really far in helping the client feel cared for rather than forgotten. A client who feels good about how you're serving her will be more likely to refer her friends to you even before her own project is finished. 
needless emails and calls to track down random information, not good. Planned weekly updates to the client, very good. This routine task puts you in a good rhythm of client care and it can be outsourced to a team member or it could be automated. Set yourself a reminder in Asana or HoneyBook to do weekly check-ins and follow-ups. The third thing you need to do to make your services scalable is record or document your frequent or reoccurring tasks and services. So services within a service. For example, if you are offering full-service interior design, there are a lot of sub-services or microservices that go into that. Do you use an outline for every consultation you conduct within that service, for example? Well, you should. It keeps the conversation from going off the rails and taking more time than it should. Plus, it helps you better serve the client. Each type of consult you offer should have its own outline. What admin tasks must be performed for every project? Weekly check-ins, sharing progress photos on social media, adding finished project photos to your website, announcing a project reveal in your email newsletter. All these things can occur in your business, but you don't have to do them by yourself forever. Record your screen as you share how you select which photos to share, upload, or email. Assign these tasks to an assistant when you're ready and make it a reoccurring task in their schedule, which by the way is very easy to do in Asana. That way you know every month those things are being done. And the fourth and honestly the biggest thing that you need to do to make your business and your services scalable is specialize in a specific type of client or service. The fastest way to scale up is to niche down. So think about it. If you have really tight processes and excellent workflows and each project or client that comes into your business has a similar set of needs, you can get better at serving them more specifically and more efficiently, which means you can both increase your prices and your workload without feeling completely overwhelmed. Besides, being known as a go-to professional for a certain type of person or project can result in organic publicity and notoriety. Be a specialist, not a generalist. If you offer more than three services, you might feel that it's too difficult to create a workflow for each one, and honestly, you'd be right. Narrow down your services so that you can scale each one. Aim for three services that have repeatable workflows and documented processes. Every client should complete the same pre-made forms. Every client should follow the same rules. This isn't about being tyrannical as a business owner, but rather it's about maintaining quality control and about being able to quickly spot the sticky places in your workflow so that you can address them before they cost you money and future clients. And by the way, if you need a better marketing workflow, that is something that we can directly hands-on help you with. Go to socialitevault.com for email newsletters, blog posts, ebooks, lead magnets, media kits, and more, because our repeatable processes can be done by you, your assistant, or by us. We practice what we preach. Regardless of who's doing it, the end result is high-quality custom marketing for your home industry business. And I want you guys to have that same custom high-quality process for each service that you offer so that you can scale. Scaling doesn't always mean getting hundreds and hundreds of clients every year, by the way. Sometimes scaling means that now you're able to charge more money but take on fewer projects because your systems are so spot on. Scaling looks a little different for everyone, so figure out what scaling means to you. Are you looking for more clients or higher prices or both? And then create your systems and workflows around that. All right, guys. That is all I have for you today. Be sure to tune in next time for 
all the other things that I'm going to rant about (laughs) regarding marketing, regarding entrepreneurship, because you know I love it. All right, until next time, keep your marketing simple, your message clear, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.